Act Four of the Tragical History of Dr. Faustus from the Quarto of sixteen sixteen by Christopher Marlowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One. Enter Robin and Dick with a cup. Sirrah Robin, we will best look that your devil can answer the stealing of this same cup for the vintner's boy follows us at the hard heels. "'Tis no matter, let him come. An he follow us, I'll so conjure him as he was never conjured in his life, I warrant him. Let me see the cup. Here it is. Gives the cup to Robin. Yonder he comes. Now, Robin, now, or never show thy cunning. Enter Vintner. Oh, are you here? I am glad I found you. You are a couple of fine companions. Pray, where's the cup you stole from the tavern? How, how, we steal a cup? Take heed what you say. We look not like cup-stealers, I can tell you. Never deny it, for I know you have it, and I'll search you. Search me? Aye, and spare not. Hold the cup, Dick. Aside to Dick, giving him the cup. Come, come, search me, search me. Vintner searches him. Come on, Sirrah, let me search you now. Aye, aye, do, do. Aside to Robin, giving him the cup. Hold the cup, Robin. I fear not your searching. We scorn to steal your cups, I can tell you. Vintner searches him. Never outface me for the matter, for sure the cup is between you two. Nay, there you lie. Tis beyond us both. A plague take you. I thought it was your knavery to take it away. Come, give it me again. How much? When can you tell? Dick, make me a circle, and stand close at my back, and stir not for thy life. Vintner, you shall have your cup anon. Say nothing, Dick. Reads from a book. O oh, per se, O. Oh. Demogorgon, Belcher, and Mephistopheles. Enter Mephistopheles. You princely legions of infernal rule, how am I vexed by these villains' charms? From Constantinople have they brought me now, only for pleasure of these damned slaves. Exit Vintner. By lady, sir, you have had a shrewd journey of it. Will it please you to take a shoulder of mutton to supper, and a tester in your purse, and go back again? Aye, I pray you heartily, sir, for we called you but in jest, I promise you. To purge the rashness of this cursed deed, first be thou turned to this ugly shape for apish deeds transformed to an ape oh brave an ape i pray sir let me have the carrying of him about to show some tricks and so thou shalt be thou transformed to a dog and carry him upon thy back away be gone a dog that's excellent let the maids look well to their porridge pots for all into the kitchen presently come dick come exeunt robin and dick now with the flames of ever-burning fire I'll wing myself, and forthwith fly amain Unto my Faustus, to the great Turk's court. Exit. Scene two. Enter Martino and Frederick at several doors. What ho, officers, gentlemen! Hie to the presence to attend the Emperor. Good Frederick, see the rooms be voided straight. His Majesty is coming to the hall. Go back and see the state in readiness. But where is Bruno, our elected Pope? 
that on a furious back came post from Rome. Will not his grace consult the emperor? Oh, yes, and with him comes the German conjurer, the learned Faustus, fame of Wittenberg, the wonder of the world for magic art, and he intends to show great Carolus the race of all his stout progenitors and bring in presence of his majesty the royal shapes and perfect semblances of alexander and his beauteous paramour where is benvolio fast asleep i warrant you he took his rouse with stoops of rainish wine so kindly yesternight to bruno's health that all this day the sluggard keeps his bed see see his windows ope will call to him what ho benvolio Enter Benvolio above, at a window, in his nightcap, buttoning. <sighs> what the devil ail you two? Speak softly, sir, lest the devil hear you. For Faustus at the court is late arrived, and at his heels a thousand furies wait to accomplish whatsoever the doctor please. What of this? Come. Leave thy chamber first, and thou shalt see this conjurer perform such rare exploits before the Pope and royal emperor as never yet was seen in Germany. Has not the Pope enough of conjuring yet? He was upon the devil's back late enough. And if he be so far in love with him, I would he would post with him to Rome again. Speak, wilt thou come and see this sport? Not I. Wilt thou stand in thy window and see it then? Ay, and I fall not asleep in the meantime. The emperor is at hand, who comes to see what wonders by black spells may come past be. Well, go you attend the emperor. I am content, for this once, to thrust my head out at a window. For, they say, if a man be drunk overnight, the devil cannot hurt him in the morning. If that be true, I have a charm in my head, shall control him as well as the conjurer, I warrant you. Exeunt Frederick and Martino Scene three. A Senate. Enter Charles, the German Emperor, Bruno, Duke of Saxony, Faustus, Mephistophilus, Frederick, Martino, and attendants. Wonder of men, renowned magician, thrice learned Faustus, welcome to our court. This deed of thine, in setting Bruno free from his and our professed enemy, shall add more excellence unto thine art than if by powerful necromantic spells thou couldst command the world's obedience. For ever be beloved of Carolus. And if this Bruno thou hast late redeemed in peace possess the triple diadem and sit in Peter's chair, despite of chance, Thou shalt be famous through all Italy, and honoured of the German Emperor. These gracious words, most royal Carolus, shall make poor Faustus to his utmost power, both love and serve the German Emperor, and lay his life at holy Bruno's feet. For proof whereof, if so your grace be pleased, the doctor stands prepared by power of art to cast his magic charms that shall pierce through the ebon gates of ever-burning hell, and hail the stubborn furies from their caves to compass whatsoe'er your grace commands. Aside. Blood, he speaks terribly. 
but for all that i do not greatly believe him he looks as like a conjurer as the pope to a costermonger then faustus as thou late didst promise us we would behold that famous conqueror great alexander and his paramour in their true shapes and state majestical that we may wonder at their excellence your majesty shall see them presently mephistophilus away and with a solemn noise of trumpet sound present before this royal emperor great alexander and his beauteous paramour faustus i will exit well master doctor and your devils come not away quickly you shall have me asleep presently zounds i could eat myself for anger to think i have been such an ass all this while to stand gaping after the devil's governor and can see nothing i'll make you feel something anon if my art fail me not my lord i must forewarn your majesty that when my spirits present the royal shapes of alexander and his paramour your grace demand no questions of the king but in dumb silence let them come and go be it as faustus please we are content ay ay i'm content too and thou bring alexander and his paramour before the emperor i'll be actian and turn myself into a stag <laughs> and i'll play diana and send you the horns presently senate enter at one door the emperor alexander at the other darius they meet darius is thrown down alexander kills him takes off his crown and offering to go out his paramour meets him he embraceth her and sets darius crown upon her head and coming back both salute the emperor who leaving his state offers to embrace them which faustus seeing suddenly stays him then trumpets cease and music sounds my gracious lord you do forget yourself these are but shadows not substantial oh pardon me my thoughts are so ravished with sight of this renowned emperor that in mine arms i would have compassed him but faustus since i may not speak to them to satisfy my longing thoughts at full let me this tell thee i have heard it said that this fair lady while she lived on earth had on her neck a little wart or mole how may i prove that saying to be true your majesty may boldly go and see faustus i see it plain and in this sight thou better pleasest me than if i gained another monarchy away be gone exit show see see my gracious lord what strange beast is yon that thrusts his head out at window oh wondrous sight see duke of saxony two spreading horns most strangely fastened upon the head of young benvolio what is he asleep or dead he sleeps my lord but dreams not of his horns this sport is excellent we'll call and wake him what ho benvolio oh plague upon you let me sleep a while i blame thee not to sleep much having such a head of thine own look up benvolio tis the emperor calls 
The Emperor? Where? Oh, zones! My head! Nay, and thy horns hold. Tis no matter for thy head, for that's armed sufficiently. Why, how now, sir knight? What, hanged by the horns? This is most horrible. Fie, fie, pull in your head for shame. Let not all the world wonder at you. Zounds, doctor, this is your villainy. Oh, say not so, sir. The doctor has no skill, no art, no cunning to present these lords, or bring before this royal emperor the mighty monarch, warlike Alexander. If Faustus do it, you are straight resolved in bold Actaean's shape to turn a stag. And therefore, my lord, so please your majesty, I'll raise a kennel of hounds, shall hunt him, so as all his footmanship shall scarce prevail to keep his carcass from their bloody fangs. Ho, Belimoth, Argyron, Astaroth! Hold, hold, Zoots! He'll raise up a kennel of devils, I think, anon. Good, my lord, entreat for me. Sblood! I am never able to endure these torments. Then, good master doctor, let me entreat you to remove his horns. He has done penance now sufficiently. My gracious lord, not so much for injury done to me as to delight your majesty with some mirth, hath Faustus justly requited this injurious knight. Which being all I desire, I am content to remove his horns. Mephistophilus, transform him. Mephistophilus removes the horns. And hereafter, sir, look you speak well of scholars. Aside, and then exit above. Speak well of ye? Blood, and scholars be such cuckold makers to clap horns of honest men's heads of this order? I'll ne'er trust smooth faces and small roughs more. But an I be not revenged for this, would I might be turned to a gaping oyster and drink nothing but salt water. Come, Faustus, while the emperor lives, in recompense of this thy high desert, thou shalt command the state of Germany, and live beloved of mighty Carolus. Exeunt. Scene four. Enter Benvolio, Martino, Frederick, and soldiers. Nay, sweet Benvolio, let us sway thy thoughts from this attempt against the conjurer. Away! You love me not, to urge me thus? Shall I let slip so great an injury when every servile groom jests at my wrongs? And in their rustic gambols proudly say Benvolio's head was graced with horns today. Oh, may these eyelids never close again, till with my sword I have that conjurer slain. If you will aid me in this enterprise, then draw your weapons and be resolute. If not, depart. Here will Benvolio die, but Faustus' death shall quit my infamy. Nay, we will stay with thee, betide what may, and kill that doctor if he come this way. Then, gentle Frederick, Tie thee to the grove, and place our servants and our followers close in an ambush there, behind the trees. By this I know the conjurer is near. I saw him kneel, 
and kiss the emperor's hand and take his leave laden with rich rewards then soldiers boldly fight if faustus die take you the wealth leave us the victory come soldiers follow me unto the grove who kills him shall have gold and endless love exit frederick and soldiers my head is lighter than it was by the horns but yet my heart's more ponderous than my head and pants until i see that conjurer dead where shall we place ourselves benvolio here will we stay to bide the first assault O oh, were that damned hellhound but in place thou shouldst see me quit my foul disgrace re-enter frederick close close the conjurer is at hand and all alone comes walking in his gown be ready then and strike the peasant down mine be that honour then now sword strike home for horns he gave i'll have his head anon see see he comes enter faustus with a false head no words this blow ends all hell take his soul his body thus must fall stabs faustus falling ah groan you master doctor break may his heart with groans dear frederick see thus will i end his griefs immediately strike with a willing hand benvolio strikes off faustus head his head is off the devil's dead the furies now may laugh was this that stern aspect that awful frown made the grim monarch of infernal spirits tremble and quake at his commanding charms was this that damned head whose art conspired benvolio's shame before the emperor ay that's the head and there the body lies justly rewarded for his villainies come let's devise how we may add more shame to the black scandal of his hated name first on his head in quittance of my wrongs i'll nail huge forked horns and let them hang within the window where he yoked me first that all the world may see my just revenge what use shall we put his beard to we'll sell it to a chimney-sweeper it'll wear out ten birchen brooms i warrant you what shall his eyes do we'll pull out his eyes and they shall serve for buttons to his lips to keep his tongue from catching cold an excellent policy and now sirs having divided him what shall the body do faustus rises zounds the devil's alive again give him his head for god's sake nay keep it faustus will have head and hands ay all your hearts to recompense this deed knew you not traitors i was limited for four-and-twenty years to breathe on earth and had you cut my body with your swords or hewed this flesh and bones as small as sand yet in a minute had my spirit returned and i had breathed a man made free from harm but wherefore do i dally my revenge astaroth belimoth mephistopheles 
Enter Mephistophilus and other devils. Go, horse these traitors on your fiery backs, and mount aloft with them as high as heaven. Thence pitch them headlong to the lowest hell. Yet stay, the world shall see their misery, and hell shall after plague their treachery. Go, Belimoth, and take this caitiff hence, and hurl him in some lake of mud and dirt. Take thou this other, drag him through the woods amongst the pricking thorns and sharpest briars, whilst with my gentle Mephistophilus this traitor flies unto some steepy rock that rolling down may break the villain's bones as he intended to dismember me. Fly hence, despatch my charge immediately. Pity us, gentle Faustus, save our lives. Away. He must needs go that the devil drives. Exeunt Mephistophilus and devils with Benvolio, Martino, and Frederick. Enter the ambushed soldiers. Come, sirs, prepare yourselves in readiness. Make haste to help these noble gentlemen. I heard them parley with the conjurer. See where he comes. Dispatch and kill the slave. What's here? An ambush to betray my life. Then, Faustus, try thy skill. Base peasants, stand. For, lo, these trees remove at my command, And stand as bulwarks twixt yourselves and me, To shield me from your hated treachery. Yet to encounter this your weak attempt, Behold, an army comes incontinent. Faustus strikes the door, and enter a devil playing on a drum, After him another bearing an ensign, and divers with weapons. Mephistophilus with fireworks. They set upon the soldiers, drive them out, and exeunt. Enter at several doors Benvolio, Frederick, and Martino, their heads and faces bloody and besmeared with mud and dirt, all having horns on their heads. What ho? Benvolio! Here! What? Frederick! Ho! Oh, help me, gentle friend! Where's Martino? Dear Frederick here, half smothered in a lake of mud and dirt, through which the furies dragged me by the heels. Martino, see, Benvolio's horns again. Oh, misery! How now, Benvolio? Defend me, heaven! Shall I be haunted still? Nay, fear not, men. We have no power to kill. My friends! Transform it thus, O oh, hellish spite! Your heads are all set with horns. You hit it right. It is your own, you mean. Feel on your head. Zoons, horns again! Nay, chafe not, men. We all are sped. What devil attends this damned magician that, spite of spite, our wrongs are doubled? What may we do, that we may hide our shames? If we should follow him to work revenge, he'd join long asses' ears to these huge horns, and make us laughing stocks to all the world. What shall we then do, dear Benvolio? I have a castle joining near these woods, and thither we'll repair and live obscure. 
till time shall alter these our brutish shapes. Sith black disgrace hath thus eclipsed our fame. We'll rather die with grief than live with shame. Exeunt. Scene five. Enter Faustus, a horse courser, and Mephistophilus. I beseech your worship, accepted these forty dollars. Friend, thou canst not buy so good a horse for so small a price. I have no great need to sell him. But if thou likest him for ten dollars more, take him, because I see thou hast a good mind to him. I beseech you, sir, accept of this. I'm a very poor man and have lost very much of late by horse-flesh, and this bargain will set me up again. Well, I will not stand with thee. Give me the money. Horse-courser gives Faustus the money. Now, sir, I must tell you that you may ride him o'er hedge and ditch and spare him not. But, do you hear, in any case, ride him not into the water. How, sir? Not into the water? Why, will he not drink of all waters? Yes, he will drink of all waters, but ride him not into the water, or hedge and ditch, or where thou wilt, but not into the water. Go, bid the hostler deliver him unto you, and remember what I say. I warrant you, sir. Oh, joyful day! Now I'm a made man for ever. Exit. Oh, what art thou, Faustus, but a man condemned to die? Thy fatal time draws to a final end. Despair doth drive distrust into my thoughts. Confound these passions with a quiet sleep. Tush! Christ did call the thief upon the cross. Then rest thee, Faustus, quiet in conceit. He sits to sleep. Re-enter the horse-courser, wet. Oh, what a cousining doctor was this! I, riding my horse into the water, thinking some hidden mystery had been in the horse, I had nothing under me but a little straw, and had much ado to escape drowning. Well, I'll go rouse him, and make him give me my forty dollars again. Oh, sirrah doctor, you cousining scab! Master doctor! Awake and rise and give me my money again, for your horse is turned to a bottle of hay, Master Doctor. He pulls off Faustus' leg. Alas, I'm undone. What shall I do? I've pulled off his leg. Oh, help, help. The villain hath murdered me. Aside. Murder or not murder, now he has but one leg. I'll outrun him and cast this leg into some ditch or other. And then runs out. Stop him! Stop him! Stop him! <laughs> Faustus hath his leg again, and the horse-courser a bundle of hay for his forty dollars. Enter Wagner. How now, Wagner? What news with thee? If it please you, the Duke of Van Holt doth earnestly entreat your company, and hath sent some of his men to attend you, with provision fit for your journey. The Duke of Van Holt's an honourable gentleman, and one to whom I must be no niggard of my cunning. Come, away. Exeunt. Scene six. Enter Robin, Dick, the horse-courser, and a carter. Come, my masters, I'll bring you to the best beer in Europe. What a hostess! Where be these oars? 
Enter hostess. How now what lack you? What, my old guests, welcome. Sir Dick, dost thou know why I stand so mute? No, Robin, why is't? I am eighteen pence on the score, but say nothing, see if she have forgotten me. Who's this that stands so solemnly by himself? What, my old guest? Oh, hostess, how do you? I hope my score stands still. Ay, there's no doubt of that, for methinks you make no haste to wipe it out. Why, hostess, I say, fetch us some beer. You shall presently. Look up into the hall there. Ho! Exit. Drink is presently brought in. Come, sirs, what shall we do now till mine hostess comes? Marry, sir, I'll tell you the bravest tale our conjurer served me. You know Dr. Faustus? Aye, a play take him. Here's someone's have cause to know him. Did he conjure thee too? I'll tell you how he served me. As I was going to Wittenberg t'other day with the Lord of A, he met me and asked me what he should give me for as much A as he could eat. Now, sir, I thinking that a little would serve his turn, bade him take as much as he would for three farthings. So he presently gave me my money and fell to eating. And as I'm a cursing man, he never left eating till he had eat up all my load of hay. Oh, oh monstrous. monstrous! Eat, eat a, a whole, whole load, load of, of hay? hay? Yes, yes, that may be, for I have heard of one that has eat a load of logs. Now, sirs, you shall hear how villainously he served me. I went to him yesterday to buy a horse of him, and he would by no means sell him under forty dollars. So, sir, because I knew him to be such a horse as would run over edge and ditch and never tire, I gave him his money. So when I had my horse, Dr. Faustus bade me ride him night and day, and spare him no time. But, quoth he, in any case, ride him not into the water. Now, sir, I, thinking the horse had some quality that he would not have me know of, what did I but rid him into a great river? And when I came just in the midst, my horse vanished away, and I sate straddling upon a bottle of hay. Oh, brave doctor! But you shall hear how bravely I served him for it. I went me home to his house, and there I found him asleep. I kept a hallooing and whooping in his ears, but all could not wake him. I, seeing that, took him by the leg, and never rested pulling till I pulled me his leg quite off, and now tis at home in mine ostry. And has the doctor but one leg, then? That's excellent, for one of his devils turned me into the likeness of an ape's face. Some more drink, hostess. Hark you, we'll into another room and drink a while, and then we'll go seek out the doctor. Exeunt. Scene 7. Enter the Duke of Van Holt, his Duchess, Faustus, Mephistopheles, and attendants. Thanks, Master Doctor, for these pleasant sights. Nor know I how sufficiently to recompense your great deserts in erecting that enchanted castle in the air, the sight whereof so delighted me, as nothing in the world could please me more. I do think myself, my good lord, highly recompensed, in that it pleaseth your grace to think but well of that which Faustus hath performed. But, gracious lady, it may be that you have taken no pleasure in those sights. Therefore I pray you tell me, what is the thing you most desire to have? Be it in the world, it shall be yours. I have heard that great-bellied women do long for things are rare and dainty. 
True, Master Doctor, and since I find you so kind, I will make known unto you what my heart desires to have, and were it now summer, as it is January, a dead time of the winter, I would request no better meat than a dish of ripe grapes. This is but a small matter. Go, Mephistopheles, away. Exit Mephistopheles. Madam, I will do more than this for your content. Re-enter Mephistopheles with grapes. Here now, taste you these. They should be good, for they come from a far country, I can tell you. This makes me wonder more than all the rest, that at this time of the year, when every tree is barren of his fruit, from whence you had these ripe grapes. Please it, Your Grace, the year is divided into two circles over the whole world, so that when it is winter with us, in the contrary circle it is likewise summer with them, as in India, Sava, and such countries that lie far east where they have fruit twice a year. From whence, by means of a swift spirit that I have, I had these grapes brought, as you see. And trust me, they are the sweetest grapes that e'er I tasted. The clowns bounce at the gate within. What rude disturbers have we at the gate? Go, pacify their fury, set it ope, and then demand of them what they would have. They knock again, and call out to talk with Faustus. Why, how now, masters, what a coil is there? What is the reason you disturb the duke? Within. We have no reason for it, therefore a fig for him. Why, saucy violets, dare you be so bold? Within. I hope, sir, we have wit enough to be more bold than welcome. It appears so, pray. Be bold elsewhere, and trouble not the duke. What would they have? They all cry out to speak with Dr. Faustus. Within. Aye, and we will speak with him. Will you, sir, commit the rascals? Within. Commit with us? He were as good commit with his father as commit with us. I do beseech your grace. Let them come in. They are a good subject for a merriment. Do as thou wilt, Faustus. I give thee leave. I thank your grace. Enter Robin, Dick, Carter, and Horsecourser. Why, how now, my good friends? Faith, you are too outrageous. But come near. I have procured your pardons. Welcome all. Nay, sir. We'll be welcome for our money, and we'll pay for what we take. What, oh, give us half a dozen of beer here and be hanged. Nay, hark you, can you tell me where you are? Ay, marry, can I? We're under heaven. Ay, but, Sir Saucebox, know you in what place? Ay, ay, the house is good enough to drink in. Zounds, fill us some beer, we'll break all the barrels in the house and dash out all your brains with your bottles. Be not so furious. Come, you shall have beer. My lord, beseech you give me leave a while. I'll gauge my credit. Twill content your grace. With all my heart, kind doctor, please thyself, our servants and our courts, at thy command. I humbly thank your grace. Then fetch some beer. Aye, marry. 
There spake a doctor indeed, and faith, I'll drink a health to thy wooden leg for that word. My wooden leg? What dost thou mean by that? Ha <laughs> ha! Dost hear him, Dick? He has forgot his leg. Aye, aye, he does not stand much upon that. No, faith, not much upon a wooden leg. Good Lord, that flesh and blood should be so frail with your worship. Do you not remember a horse-courser you sold a horse to? Yes, I remember I sold one a horse. And do you remember you bid he should not ride him into the water? Yes, I do very well remember that. And do you remember nothing of your leg? No, in good sooth. Then I pray you, remember your courtesy. I thank you, sir. Tis not so much worth. I pray you, tell me one thing. What's that? Be both your legs bedfellows every night together. Wouldst thou make a colossus of me that thou askest me such questions? No, truly, sir, I would make nothing of you, but I would fain know that. Enter hostess with drink. Then I assure thee certainly, they are. I thank you. I'm fully satisfied. But wherefore dost thou ask? For nothing, sir. But methinks you should have a wooden bedfellow or one of them. Why, do you hear, sir? Did not I pull off one of your legs when you were asleep? But I have it again now I am awake. Look you here, sir. Oh, horrible. And the doctor three legs. Do you remember, sir, how you cozened me, and eat up all my load of— Faustus, in the middle of each speech, charms them dumb. Do you remember how you made me wear an ape's? You whoreson conjuring scab, do you remember how you cozened me with a hot— Have you forgotten me? You think to carry it away with your hay-pass and repass? Do you remember the dog's fat— Exeunt clowns. Who pays for the ale? Hear you, Master Doctor, now you have sent away my guests. I pray, who shall pay me for a— Exit Hostess My lord, we are much beholding to this learned man. So are we, madam, which we will recompense with all the love and kindness that we may. His artful sport drives all sad thoughts away. Exeunt End of Act 4